listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. Welcome back, everyone. It's Jen Smiley here at Wake Up and Read the Labels. I'm going live with a guest we've had before, and I know you guys loved listening to them. It's James and Dahlia Marin from Married to Health, okay? And we talk about what is GI disease? Do you have this? Are your symptoms real? And why we've been conditioned to believe that a pill is going to resolve every ill, right? If it's something that you think, hey, maybe me going to the bathroom all the time isn't normal, or why does my stomach hurt? Or, you know, I'm taking this medication for GERD, reflux, IBS, all these things. And do I have to be on this medication forever? Can somebody else help me with this information? Well, we're going to be diving into those conversations. Let's go. Did someone make up GI disease and what exactly is that? Or is this a real thing people talk about? Yeah. I mean, like when it comes to GI disease, GI disease is most definitely a real thing. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. we're seeing that more and more, I think. And, you know, we see so many gastrointestinal diseases and disorders, and we know that it is the most common issue people seek medical attention for. So this is the number one issue people are seeing their medical care team. One of the top issues people are even going to the hospital is for gastrointestinal diseases, whether that's something like severe constipation and stool impaction, terrible gas, bloating, reflux that's altering their quality of life, inflammatory bowel disease small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Now that we are putting names to these different symptoms, people are really identifying, okay, one, it's, I think it's becoming unfortunately more common. They're hearing more people talk about GI disease and two, they're tired of it. I have so many people who come see me who have been living with GI disease for years, months, decades, and- And not knowing- Sometimes not knowing, sometimes not wanting to speak up about it because mm. who wants to talk about their poop, right? Or say, right. hey, I'm, I'm excessively gassy and passing lots of flatulence or, oh, I didn't even realize it wasn't normal not to have reflux after eating. So I feel like yeah. people are just learning more about themselves, mm-hmm. learning more about what an optimally functioning gastrointestinal tract sounds like where, yeah, yeah, you're not only pooping twice a week or you're not having completely loose, unformed stool. So they're asking more questions of how is my GI health? Do I need help? Do I want to make changes? What should this look like for me? Yeah. And I think a lot of people are probably going to, like you said, some people might find themselves in the hospital, right? With at their weakest symptoms, or other people are going to what I call a Western doctor, one that is hearing the symptoms And then what happens? They get prescribed a medication. Maybe they get some relief in their symptoms, but it's not, they're not at their optimal, right? And I feel like is that where you guys differentiate between the standard Western practice of medicine? Yeah, I would say, I mean, that's where we are more integrative, right? Integrative in a nutshell, I mean, by definition is connecting separate things. I mean, that's the definition of integrative. And with that, with that approach, 
we just like our initial visits are 90 minutes. Like we just spend more time. We want to get to know the person mentally, spiritually, and physically because all of those things matter. All of those things connect to what is presently ailing you, right? And so it's important to dive deep. It's important to connect these things. It's important to take a rapidly different approach. And that's essentially what we do. But And you know, I think it's being integrative is understanding the role that these different things have to play. Because I can't tell you how many times people have come to me and they're like, but I'm only eating whole foods and things are not getting better. And so when you do have a true understanding of different modalities, Eastern modalities, Western modalities, different passed down generational modalities, you're able to give honest and open feedback to people. Sometimes I do tell my patients, look, one, I feel like you eating so, so, so limited is hurting your relationship with food or you don't want to take medication, but you're taking 19 supplements instead. Is that actually in your best interest? Is this maybe hurting you more than it's helping you? So I feel like someone who's truly integrative can help you integrate these different things so that way you have your best outcome, whether that is a medication plus always diet, plus maybe a supplement plus lifestyle change. I think that that's so important to be all encompassing that way. Absolutely. And it's so important to have you guys out here spreading this message because I can tell you a lot of my followers, my listeners, people that discover Wake Up and Read the Labels, they actually have never heard of integrative medicine. They don't know what functional medicine doctors are. And they truly think the attention that has been paid from doctors or just different medical facility appointments where they're able to go in and talk to somebody for 15 minutes is the way it is. And getting a prescription written and feeling alone afterwards is the way it is. So I think like, I feel like I have a duty here to let people know, hey, look, we're helping you read the labels, but it doesn't stop there. There are doctors who will sit down and really hone in on like, what's the perfect food for you? And how can we look at your blood work and your symptoms that, hey, maybe have gotten better because you got your inflammation down eating clean, but how do we get your GI track in everything, mm-hmm. all your systems running at its optimal level? So that brings me to, is there a difference between between functional and chronic GI disease? That's such a good question. And, you know, as integrative registered dietitians, we really do try to bring that lens to things. And we really do try to change that paradigm, like you were saying, of that pill for every ill mill that they're used to being part of where, yeah, the visits are seven to 12 minutes. And then they're thinking, oh, I have GERD, right? You get a diagnosis. We've seen this because we've worked with doctors our entire careers. We're not doctors ourselves, but we work very closely as part of the integrated team. And of course, just like there are great registered dietitians and there are those who are not really as invested in learning more, you're going to find that with everyone, physicians including. So sometimes we've had physicians tell us, oh, within the first two minutes of the patient telling me their symptoms, I know what's wrong and I'm going to prescribe them something and send them on their way. What? (laughs) Scary. It is scary because that really doesn't help the patient have that deep understanding of what is the difference between these different diagnoses that I'm given? Could there be something deeper that's going on? Irritable bowel syndrome, for example, right? IBS is diagnosed and characterized by a change in stool, a change in uh, gas and bloating and discomfort. That's very broad. Mm -hmm. Just because you've been diagnosed with IBS and maybe you were given a low-dose antidepressant to just numb your nerves so that way you're not feeling the discomfort of the IBS, 
doesn't take care of the IBS or even tell you why you have IBS. If there's something underlying, there are so many reasons for the IBS. Is it post-infectious? Did you get it after having food poisoning? Could there be something to support you better in that than just numbing the symptoms? Could it be small intestinal bacterial overgrowth? Can we try to take care of that? Are you just really constipated? And can we work on some diet and lifestyle things and your neurotransmitters so you're having better motility? So when we're talking about any of these things, whether it's reflux, bloating, gas, you really do want to have that time with someone so that way they can really guide you and say, you know what? I don't think it's just this blanket diagnosis you've been given. Let's dive deeper. Let's learn more about you. And let's learn more, yes, about the gastrointestinal tract and then your organs surrounding it. I can't even tell you how often I'm speaking with my patients about, let's talk about what your liver's doing and let's try to support your liver with more of these high antioxidant foods and these functional herbs. So that way your liver is supporting your gastrointestinal tract, your liver is supporting your gallbladder, your GI tract. Let's talk about how your ovaries and your uterus might be playing into this and pouring inflammation into your GI tract. How is this connecting to your bladder or your skin, your hair, all these other things? So it's so important to integrate all that. And then to answer that question, you know, it's really saying functional GI disease is like, oh, everything looks fine, like structurally, right? Maybe you do an endoscopy because like, man, I, I keep having the reflux or I'm having this IBS. And I had that. Hmm. Right. They stick a camera down your throat and they go, everything looks great. Like, what are you talking about? Like, exactly. Everything's perfect. So, but the function, right? What you're feeling is very different than how it looks. You're going, well, like, well, wait a minute. I feel bloated or I have headaches, post nasal drip. Like, so many things can be related to your symptoms, right? And of course, GERD and reflux and I'm burping or like I get the acid taste or I mean, the list goes on and on, but everything looks right. So it's like, well, so that would be then, oh, you have a functional X, Y, Z, you know, fill in the blank where it's like, everything looks great, but it's not functioning great. So what's the, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so easy to just demonize physicians, right? Of like, oh, these doctors are just, I hear that (laughs) so often, or my patients come in, they're upset. It's really, I feel like a systemic problem. It's the system as a whole, because I don't think anyone goes into the grueling process. It's not their fault. It's not. No one goes into that grueling process of medical school or to become a registered dietitian or any type of healthcare practitioner, really. And is like, I hope I only spend eight minutes with my patients. No one does that. Right. It's the way that the system, unfortunately, has been set up. And so I love, Jen, that you're educating that there are other options. Yeah, for sure. And it's a fine art. I have to say, like, just listening to the information you're giving me right now, it's a moment of hope, number one. And it also just becoming aware and understanding that there, you know, could be more problems and there's also more solutions. And it's not just this one pill situation that it's holistic just to even experience and feel on the other side. So I applaud you for what you're doing. Mm. I can tell you from my experience before I started eating clean, yes, I was dealing with GERD. And with that, I also felt asthma symptoms. Mm. I would get shortness of breath. And you know, I was going and doing all these breathing tests. And they were like, oh, everything's coming out normal. Here's an inhaler. Okay. <laughs> so now I'm you know, 25 years old looking for an inhaler at the bottom of every bag every single morning or right before bed, I lay down and I'm like, why every time when I lay down, do I feel this way? All these things. And then it got to the point where I said, I think I need to take matters into my own hands. So I go and get the scope, like you said, done. Mm -hmm. And listen, 
this guy that did it, he is a friend of mine's father-in-law. He's so well-respected in our city. Like he does amazing things for people. But do you know, he never asked me one time, what do you eat? Hmm. And in fact, I went to my friend whose father-in-law it is. And I said, Hey, has he ever asked anybody? Like, what do they eat? Does that play a role? And she went and asked him and he came back and was like, no, I don't really know what they're supposed to eat or not eat. Like never thought about it. And so I'm like, Whoa, now, you know, in hindsight, this is mind blowing. So how exactly does someone go from healthy to having GI issues? This is a great question. Do you want me to start? <laughs> sure. Take it away, James. Well, no, I just want to say, I mean, and I'll just say this as the beginning of this, which is why you look back and go, wow, that's so insane because literally we are taking the outside world, putting it into our body and it is becoming our body. We know that as a fact, right? We're taking food and that food becomes the nutrients and the building blocks of ourselves. We teach this to our kids, right? Of like the macros and the building blocks of your body and things like that. Now there are other factors, obviously this is way oversimplified, but that is true nonetheless. So for to have, I think there was a, a stat, there's a large percentage of GI doctors who- 40%. About 40% or so <laughs> agreed that like, yeah, food has nothing to do with your GI symptoms, which is insane. It's so wild. It's mind boggling. It's just like, is someone paying you to not see that connection? <laughs> like your stomach and your GI tract is the main thing where the food's going. It's a container. And this is so great. This is this movement where it's, it's this consciousness, right? It's going like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. We can do better yeah. and then connect the dots. But it is, it, it begun with this massive disconnect from food, from our environments, from things that are in and on our bodies and going, that has nothing to do with how we feel. When now looking back, we're going, that doesn't make sense. So then that enters, I think this massive disconnect has then led to this rapid rise in chronic disease. And I'll let you kind of take it from there, but yeah. And I feel like when we're trying to micromanage the body like that, oh, Jen, you, you're you having asthma-like symptoms. Obviously, you just need this inhaler forever or you're having feelings of acid reflux. Let's just turn off the acid, suppress the acid. Let's put you on antacid medications or, or um, over-the-counter treatments. And I think that, again, it was kind of a chop shop like that for a very long time. We have all these specialists. We compartmentalize the body. And even in healthcare, I feel like the system was fractured. So yeah, a GI doctor wasn't even thinking, I don't know about nutrition and that's fine. I don't expect a, a doctor to know about nutrition. I mean, they should know a little bit, to be honest, but <laughs> yeah. you know, what we would expect is for them to know what a dietitian is or to say, Hey, I hear Jen that you're asking questions about nutrition. Let me send you over to a dietitian so you can ask that question since I don't know yeah. to see if they can help you. So I feel like the fact that that's still going on it's to me unexplainable. But really, I think when somebody does get caught up in that, you asked questions. So you kind of stopped it there. A lot of people don't. And they say, okay, I have asthma. Let me use my inhaler. Let me take these antacid medications. For some reason, I keep getting sick. I keep getting food poisoning. I keep getting upper respiratory infections, viral infections. Well, guess what? When you're suppressing your stomach acid, that's one of the first parts of your immune system. That's the first line 
of your immune system. Now that you're suppressing it, yeah, you're going to get sick more often. I keep getting sinus infections and whatever. And I go to the doctor and I get antibiotics. Well, guess what? You just wiped out a lot of your bacteria in your gut or all of the bacteria in your gut. And that could take months and months to recuperate. You wiped out, yes, the ones you didn't want there, the bacteria or the fungus if you're given antifungals. And then what? What did you rebuild back with? Were you still carrying on with your same lifestyle, with your same highly processed diet, with little fiber in it? Are you still having very little movement and exercise in your lifestyle? Are you very extremely stressed? How are you coping with the stress? So many factors go into it. And that's, I think, how people get really trapped in this and start to have more severe gut issues. This could even be starting from a very young age. Now we hear so often of my patients telling me, especially I think 90s babies. Unfortunately, I feel like these late 80s, early 90s babies, we are in trouble. That's definitely our generation. But I have so many of them who come see me now because they're like, my mom had gut issues when she was pregnant with me. I was born via C-section. I was formula fed. I had colic. So I was put on antacid medications at Mm -hmm. three weeks old until I was a couple months old. I had a very poor diet growing up. I lived in a chaotic family. I ate a lot of highly processed food. So that's the foundation that they're building their gut upon. We know those first thousand days of life impact the gut most significantly, the gut, brain development, the immune system. So if those first thousand days were that rocky, that foundation for that person is going to be much more difficult to build a solid structure on than someone who didn't have that start. So hence all the chronic disease. Yeah, (laughs) it could be starting from the very beginning for some people, unfortunately. For others, it could be situational like yours where you're like, okay, one day I just started having reflux. And then that kind of continued and I started having asthma symptoms. And then unlike you, other people can kind of just get continue rolling in that tumbleweed. Yeah. Can they fix this? I mean, I can tell you I fixed it on my own, but I'm not everyone. Mm -hmm. And I didn't fix it overnight. Can people fix it on their own? I 100% believe that our bodies want to heal if we're giving them the right inputs. We believe in that so much. You know, our phrase, our Northern star, our tagline at Married to Health is heal with each meal. And I've even expanded that to heal with each feel. So I absolutely think if somebody's motivated to, they're using their resources right and appropriately, absolutely. I think so many people have the capacity to get beyond a lot of the things that they're living with. And that doesn't necessarily mean for everybody that they're going to completely reverse it, right? For somebody who has very advanced stage inflammatory bowel disease, are you going to heal with diet alone? Maybe, maybe not. Um, A lot of times you need medication to induce remission. You absolutely need your diet and lifestyle to keep you in remission. And if you stay in remission with an autoimmune condition like that, then you can consider yourself not necessarily healed from it, but you're free of all these symptoms and you're free of living with these life-altering symptoms. So I believe that our bodies want to do that. They're willing to do that. They just need our help. So liberating to hear. So what is something specifically they could do at home or maybe is there a test, something that they could remedy to see if this is potentially going to work for them? The first thing that I like to recommend is get to know yourself. So number one, write down your health story so you can maybe identify when things started going awry. I think that's step number one. Before you seek out opinions from other people, seek wisdom from within. 
ask your body, what has happened? What has happened along this journey? Two, start keeping a food journal. So you can then take this information to someone and say, I notice every time I'm eating very ripe bananas, I have these asthma symptoms. I'm noticing that after I took this course of antibiotics, all this started going awry. So I feel like that's an amazing first place to start. I love it. Okay. So I know you said, you know, keep this journal of nutrition or these ripe bananas made me feel this way. What exactly can nutrition and food do for chronic GI symptoms or disease? Yeah. So I think a little bit of everything, and it really just depends on what the person is dealing with. But like we mentioned, and it's important to understand the food we are eating is much more than just energy or we go, oh, food is fuel or calories. A calorie is a calorie. And that was something that was echoed in the dietitian and nutrition and health space for so long. I hope we're kind of coming out of that where a calorie is not a calorie, right? Yeah. There's different qualities of food. Food has different layers of microbes in it from within the tissue to on it to in the root systems in the plant. So you're getting much more than just energy and food. That food interacts with viruses in our gut. We have an entire virome in our body and they're called bacteriophages, which are specific viruses that feed and eat bacteria, which is really cool. There's viruses associated with food. I mean, the list can go on and on. So how this is all interacting will depend heavily on your inner ecosystem with your, like Dahlia mentioned, past and trauma and food choices and all that. So there's so many factors. So with all of that, it really is just getting down to the foundation and going like, what am I doing at the basic level? Like when it comes to hydrating and eating, and obviously we throw in a lot of spiritual health and mental health, because those are huge as well. But it's just kind of getting down to the basics and going like, okay, am am I even doing these basics and starting from there? And then if you need more help, it's like working with someone who who can then help you a little bit more. But And I think some of those basics are, am I eating a variety of plants? Mm-hmm. So, you know, new research has shown in the last couple of years that those who ate the widest variety of different types of plants had the most diverse gut microbiome. In the last year or two, we've put out studies, they put out studies that have shown that those who eat four to six servings of probiotic foods per day have the greatest diversity in their gut and also have strengthened immune system. So are you doing that? Is that foundational piece layered there? Are you eating a diversity of plants to your tolerance? You might not tolerate all of them, but you know, figure out ones that you do and work with someone who can help you tolerate new ones as well. A dietitian could be a great person to go to for that. Are you hydrating? I can't tell you how many times my patients are like, I'm so constipated. I've tried laxatives. I've tried blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you're so dehydrated. (laughs) Let's get you hydrated. And then they just, they start having bowel movements. So are you hydrated? Are you sleeping? If you're not able to sleep, how can we work on that quality of sleep for you? How are you dealing with stress? What does your community look like? So really then making your way up those foundations before trying to sprinkle on everything else on top. I think, again, because we're trained to be in that pill for every ill. Yeah. Now people are saying, well, isn't there just a supplement that I could take? Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
No, you, you really can't out supplement these foundations. You have to lay that down. Yeah. And then some of the cooler stuff, like there's really cool resistant starch that goes into your colon and feeds all these wonderful microbes. And, you know, some of the other cooler stuff is also in regards to like wake up and read the labels of mm-hmm. like organic and pesticide residues and looking at the chemicals, the emulsifiers in your food. And this is where, you know, reading the labels and going like, oh yeah, there is something to certified organic or, and even getting into cooler labels where now we're seeing glyphosate free labels and we're going into like biodynamic farming and regenerative farming labels that are coming out. And you have the Rodale Institute doing their vegetable systems trials where they're trialing different, I think they have about 16 different patches. Some are veganic, organic, conventional, and they're doing side-by-side testing where a lot of the research up till now has confirmed that like polyphenols are more prevalent in organic food, right? Where we've seen that there's a 90% reduction in pesticide residue metabolites in a urinalysis when you're eating organic foods, which is great. I mean, that's huge. But we really want to get, and what Rodale Institute is doing is really going, let's dive deeper into this. Let's really put side by side all these methods of farming, how the microbes help the soil, how it's helping the plant. And then what does that translate to nutritionally And really what we see is it translating into gut health because we are so closely related to the soil. We are getting a large majority of our gut diversity, again, from the soil, whether it's directly or indirectly through the food we eat, because that food is coming from the soil. So really cool stuff. Circle of life, right? It's all cyclical, right? I mean, it's literally all cyclical. So it's really cool. It is. So for people listening, does it cost a lot of money to fix their gut and is it sustainable? It shouldn't cost excessive amounts unless excessive damage has been done. Okay. At that point, it might require a little bit more investigation. Yeah. But again, I think that that's where you can be the biggest part of your care team. You can be your biggest advocate. You can help mitigate that the most by reconnecting with yourself and listening to yourself like we said, starting with these foundations, that does not cost Mm -hmm. much at all, right? It should just be- It actually can save you money. It can save you (laughs) so much money. So if you're starting there at the foundations, no. Healing your gut should not cost any more than buying your groceries every week, right? And that goes to what you're investing in. So you want to really start there. Again, go back to the foundations. If you're trying to start from the top and you're trying to then invest hundreds and hundreds of dollars into different procedures, medications, and supplements, but you're not doing the foundational things, you really do want to shift your focus and say, what am I starting with? Can I start at the bottom of this pyramid? And if I need to get there, then I'll get there. But if I don't, let me avoid that. I was speaking to an acquaintance and it's really, is it's just a context shift. It's a frame of mind because I think I was talking about how I bought, I don't know how we we're talking about maybe kombucha or something. And you know, some of the bigger bottles can be pretty pricey yeah. or what she said. I think I spent like 10 or 12 bucks on like one of the huge kombucha bottles. And she was like, oh my bottle. gosh, like $12? And I asked her, I'm like, how much do you buy, like when you go out, how much do you buy that little drink of alcohol for? Yep. And she kind of stopped and was like, oh, I'm like, I guarantee, especially now we're talking about 2022, almost going into 2023. Oh, yeah. You're going to easily with tips spend $16 on a tiny little drink of alcohol and that alcohol is going to damage your gut. So not only are you spending $16 on a tiny little drink, it's going to hurt you and harm you and possibly lead or just add to the mix of your chronic disease. 
So I'm like, which one is crazy? And she was like, oh my gosh, I never looked at it that way. So Mm. it's like, what are we spending our time and energy and money on? And when you put it into context, is it that crazy to buy a fermented beverage once in a while for 12 bucks? It's like, not really. So absolutely not. I look at it as also it's an investment or Mm. I have to talk about this topic a lot. So I wanted to get your take on it, but you know, somebody might go spend four dollars on their local coffee shop you know cappuccino it's four dollars and then oh yeah at least yeah and then they get like a quick breakfast like oh you know i got a sausage egg biscuit for 3.99 so now they're at like eight dollars airing on the side of inexpensive here and then all of a sudden they get to work and they think my gosh I have a headache. Like now I have to take some Advil. I have to run out of this meeting because now I have to run to the bathroom, right? So now you're not showing up at work as much. You're not being on your game. You're not operating optimally, right? So this is this is really time lost as well. Then they say, oh my gosh, they look at their clock. It's only 10 o'clock. Lunch is like two hours away. They're either going to go get another coffee or they're going to probably grab a snack. So they go after their kind bar, their cliff bar, their macro bar, all these things and thinking, oh, it has protein on it, right? And then they get to lunch and all of a sudden they look and say, oh my gosh, I've only made a salad. Like I eat salads every day. Why do I feel this terrible? Why am I not losing weight? Okay, maybe you're at like $20 spent so far. But what I'm saying is overall, you're eating more, you're causing more harm to your body without knowing. When you start to actually invest in higher quality products, it is a little bit more money, but you actually eat less. And so it's Mm -hmm. probably also going to work out to be in the same, if not actually lesser amount of money, because now you're not taking the Advil. Now you're not having to get more coffees and you're not taking more time off of work. You're becoming more productive. You're becoming your optimal self and you're seeing returns on your efforts out there. So that's how I feel about it. Totally. Uh, We can't agree more. And even going out to eat, I think people think, oh, let me grab a quick bite. Yep. It would probably take you less time to grab things out of your refrigerator and throw them together than for you to get in your car, go drive somewhere, order, wait for the food, then eat the food. I know. And then feel like trash. And then you're exhausted when you go home. So you just go lay down. There goes the rest of your possible productivity for the day. But yeah, whenever yeah. we're going out to eat, we're like, dang, this takes forever. <laughs> I'm like, not into really this. Not to eat. Yeah, mm-hmm. lots of hidden ingredients. Like there's a reason why there's it's sweeter, it's saltier, it's more oily. I mean, they're just putting so much into that, but yeah. But that's another, yeah, another resource suck is your time. So now your energy, your finances, your time, all of it. I think people think, yeah, like this is convenient. This is quick. I'm going to grab it. But really, how much did that actually cost you? Yeah, 100%. I love it. Okay, so for everybody that is um, wants some more information on GI disease, whether you have it, you think you've had it, you want to get to the root cause, all the things, check out Married married to Health or Married with Health? Married to, to health. health. I was like, Married with Health sounds like Married with Children. <laughs> now that you're 80, 90s babies, you remember that show, right? Yes. We do. Absolutely. <laughs> totally. It's not married with children, although you guys are married with children or one child, right? Yep. One little girl. Yeah. She's amazing. And uh, yeah, yeah, seven and a half years old. We love it. But we're excited. We have our whole team at Married to Health. There are seven dietitians total. We all have our different mm-hmm. specialties. We all focus on 
whole foods. So whether somebody wants that one-on-one support, we're relaunching our program. If they want to look into other things that we have going on, like our free blogs, our resources to download, they can head to marytelf.com and connect with us over all social platforms there. Beautiful. Thanks so much for joining. I enjoyed our conversation and I know we could like deep dive into a million more things. Mm -hmm. So I look forward to talking to both of you again. Okay. Thanks, Jen. We look forward to it too. Of course. See you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. Listener.